This is the explanation of the congregation at prayer for the week of Jubilate. That's May 3rd through May 10th. The verse of the week is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians 10, 16. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? The first thing to know about this is that uh, St. Paul is saying, Hey everyone, this is really obvious. When the question begins, is not, again this is sort of a rhetorical device because the anticipated answer is, well of course it is. So St. Paul is really saying, this is obvious, don't you know? And uh, to put it in the most colloquial sense, he says, duh, duh, the cup of thanksgiving is a participation in the blood of Christ. So when it says is not, what it really means is this is. Don't you know, uh, this is obvious, everybody knows that the cup of thanksgiving, and this is the, the chalice, the, uh, the cup from the Eucharist, uh, which is really uh, applica- excuse me, it's a- applied to the means of distribution of the blood, Uh, Jesus used a cup. We have our individual cups and the chalice. The chalice is always my preference. Um, The individual cups work fine. Uh, But don't be, don't have a troubled conscience because you see this word, uh, the cup. Uh, Okay, so the cup of thanksgiving, for which we give thanks, is a participation. Now, what this means, participation, is not that you are Uh, that you are, in a sense, assisting with an effort. Uh, Instead, this is a use of participation in the sense that you're being joined together with, that you are, uh, in a sense, enjoying the benefits of another's labor. You are participating in the sense that you are united with and receiving. Uh, So, uh, most especially then, what we want to see here is the fact that it's a joining together with, this idea of union. It's a union in the blood of Christ. And the blood of Christ is what is in that cup. It's obvious. Don't you know that this cup for which we give thanks is a participation in the very blood of Christ? When you drink of this cup, you are participating in the very blood of Christ, joined to his blood, because that's what's in the cup. And also, isn't it obvious, don't you know, that the bread that we break is also a participation in the body of Christ? This bread is the body. You're joined to Christ in flesh and in blood, in water, in spirit, in flesh and blood. What's uh, nourished or what's given at the font, excuse me, is nourished at the altar. You're joined at the font in water and in spirit, joined to Christ, united to him, and you are continually uh, having that bond strengthened by the joining of and the participation in the body and the blood of Christ to your flesh and blood. Uh, What this also means is that when you're joined to Jesus, what happens to Jesus happens to you. So you're made to be a disciple and then Jesus feeds you. He gives you the best food in the whole wide world, uh, which is why it's important to have it as often as you can. Don't skip a meal. You wouldn't skip your 
suppers, so come and don't skip the supper Jesus wants to give you, okay? It's, uh, it's good for you. It's a participation in the body and in the blood of Christ. Uh, what happens to Jesus happens to you. So where Jesus goes, you go. You follow where he leads. The words that he speaks, you speak. The things that he does, you do. What happens to him happens to you. He was persecuted, you'll be persecuted. He was tempted, you will be tempted. He was put to death, you will also die. But the great joy of that is also that he was raised from the dead, and that means that you also are raised from the dead. The last thing that I'd like to say is just the bread that we break. Uh, this is uh, the, the idea of a meal, the breaking of the bread. Think about the road to Emmaus, that Jesus is made known to the disciples, that he is revealed to them in the breaking of the bread. And uh, the Eucharist really is that uh, same thing. That was the Eucharist they celebrated there, the breaking of the bread, and this is what we have now, the breaking of the bread. Where is Christ revealed to you? in body and in blood, in flesh. Where does he stand before you like he stood before the disciples? Well, in the breaking of the bread, in the bread and in the wine, in the body and the blood, on the altar. That is Jesus. Uh, So he doesn't appear to you in the same way that he appeared to the disciples, only in the sense that you don't see a man standing on the altar. But you do see flesh and blood. And in that sense, he does give himself to you and appear to you in the same way that he did to the disciples. Now, let's speak this again. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Okay, and now the catechism excerpt. We're moving on from confession. Now we're uh, starting up with the sacrament of the altar. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, under the bread and wine, instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. First and foremost, what is it? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lutherans get into this habit of saying in, with, and under about the Eucharist all the time. Well, it's in, with, and under. It's in, with, and under. And that's true. It is in, with, and under. But what does the pastor say when he gives it to you? When he feeds you the bread and puts it into your mouth and picks the chalice up and puts it to your lips, what does he say? The body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. This is not some kind of a game. Uh, It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, under the bread and wine, or you can say in, with, and under the bread and wine, that it permeates through the entire substance of what is perceived to be bread and wine. Under the bread and wine, this is the means. First and foremost, it is the body and the blood, and it should be treated as such and understood to be as such, and that what it does should be understood as whatever the body and blood of Christ really does. Yet, your nose and your mouth and your eyes and your, your tongue will tell you that it is still bread and wine. Well, those are the means of delivery. Just like when you go to the font for baptism, uh, you don't splash around in the water and say, well, I guess this must just be plain water because I don't see with my bodily senses what's here. No, uh, 
the Lord is there working through the means of water, which is why in the explanation of that particular part of the small catechism, Luther says it is not just water. It is not plain water, but it is the water included with God's command and combined with God's word. So there is water there. It's just not only water. And the Eucharist is the same thing. What is the sacrament of the altar? Well, it's the body and blood of Christ, um, under the bread and wine, of course. It's, but the bread and wine, those are there as the means. When we really want to talk about it, it is the true body and blood of Christ. It is, uh, it is instituted by Christ himself, meaning that nobody made it up. It's something that Christ himself has given us. And if Christ has given it to you, then it's probably something that's relatively important. And why has he given it to you? Well, for us Christians, to eat and to drink. It is food. How often do you need food? Very often. So he's given him his body and his blood to you to eat and to drink. It's really as simple as that. The body and blood of Christ that has been given to you and the means of its distribution are bread and wine because the Lord always works through means.